Good morning. Good morning. Before I begin my sermon, I want to talk about the Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy. Every time I hear this lesson, it takes me back to my Virginia seminary days and a wonderful professor of Old Testament that I had named Murray Newman. And I don't know, Bill, if you ever had Murray Newman or not and knew who he was, but he was just a wonderful Old Testament professor. So if you look on page two uh, in Deuteronomy, on, uh, in your lesson on page two in your worship booklet, in the second paragraph, it begins with what was known as an ancient creed, sort of like our Nicene Creed or our Apostles' Creed or maybe even, even our Lord's Prayer. And it goes like this, a wandering Aramaean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice, saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And each creed also has what's called an anamnesis, or a retelling of the story of what happened. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with a terrifying display of power. And with signs and wonders, he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. At almost every service or on every occasion or during their prayers, they would say that, the Hebrew people would say that, so that they could be reminded of how God had blessed them and how God had been with them, not only in the present but in the past, and how God had blessed their ancestors and given them all that they had, and they were so thankful. And they wanted to keep re retelling that story so that people wouldn't forget. And then at that point, they went and praised the Lord for how the Lord has blessed them. So the beginning of that, a wandering Aramaic, is an ancient creed of the Hebrew people. Dates back many, many centuries. So next time you hear that, you'll have a little bit of history about that sentence and that prayer. On Ash Wednesday, we heard those solemn words I invite you in the name of the church to the observance of a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer and fasting and <clears throat> self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. This past Wednesday, we also struck out into the desert place alongside Jesus, we receive the ash on our forehead in the form of a cross. And that Ash Wednesday calls upon us, it calls upon our humanity. It reminds us that we are dust, and unto dust we shall return. It reminds us of our own frailty, of our own short time 
here on earth. And it reminds us how fragile we are. And because we are fragile, each and every day, we need God and the power of the Holy Spirit, especially here in the community of St. George as we gather. We need that to make sure our spirits are made healthy and our souls are well. Today, Scripture calls to remind that same tenuous grasp we hold on to life. It lays out the many ways we are called to respond to from our own humanity during this Lenten season. Today's gospel passage begins with an incredible contrast. And the gospel lesson today is rich. All the scriptures on the first Sunday of Lent, they are rich in tradition, rich in what's happening through God. Luke tells us that Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, he is so full, he's overwhelmed. And at that point, he is led into the emptiness of the wilderness. Now, the wilderness back in Jesus' day is not like our wilderness today. When we go out into the forest or out into the wilderness we have lots of resources we can take with us. We can take plenty of water. We can take any kind of cutting tool. We can take a GPS. We can take a cell phone. We can take anything we want with us to make sure we don't get lost. Or if we are attacked, hopefully we can find help. But that was not the case back in Jesus' day. The wilderness was a dark and dangerous place. To go out into the wilderness or even try to attempt to go out in the daytime not to say spin out the night in the wilderness, people often did not survive. There was also thieves out in the wilderness. There were people who were ready to attack you, not forgetting that there were wild animals out there that were hungry as well. Remember in Luke's account, Jesus has just been baptized. That's why he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And a voice from heaven announced, You are my son. You are the beloved. Listen to him. These few phrases paint an astonishing image for us. Jesus is singled out by John the Baptist as one who had baptized with the Spirit and who had baptized with fire. Remember what John said, The one who is coming more powerful than I. I'm not even worthy to kneel down and tie his sandals. Jesus is then focused on an epiphany. The heavens open up, the spirit takes the form of a dove, and God speaks. This is the beginning of a paradigm shift in the world. Paradigm shift for all humanity. That's not just a single day event, but that's going to happen forever. Many people saw, heard, and wondered what was going on. But this isn't the end of the story. That's what's so great about God. It's not the end of the story. Tomorrow is a brand new day with a brand new story, with a brand new grace, with a brand new blessing of how God is going to be in our lives. The reason that is true is because we too are filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is led into the wilderness, into an empty place, a place of void. 
And he quickly goes from one extreme to another. Hearing the voice of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and now out in the wilderness. This one of those passages in Scripture that almost immediately could make a Hollywood movie scene in our minds. But the reality is this. Fullness, emptiness, grace, and temptation are much a part of our daily lives. Jesus' wilderness experience wasn't a Hollywood movie scene. It was an intensely personal, soul-searching time. Here he hears the voice of God. This is my son, the beloved. And he has to go out in the wilderness and begin to discern. Can I drink from the cup that God has given me? That cup is large. That cup is full. But God is about ready to do, ask me to do something that I'm probably not sure I can do. Can I really drink from this cup? And the only way that Jesus is going to get through this is by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is by listening to God. It is through prayer. And it is through study. So in Luke's words, we hear Jesus acknowledge who he is and we also hear that the devil departed from him until an opportune time. Now those words might not think or sound very important, but the devil departed him from him until an opportune time. Let us not forget that God is creator. God is the creator of all that we have here on this earth. This beautiful weather, this beautiful day, our beautiful surroundings. God breathed his Holy Spirit into our lives and we were made. And when we were made, God was given all the promises and hope that we would be able to advance the kingdom of God here on earth. Now the devil does not have the ability to create. Only God can create. The devil's biggest work tool is deception or the ability to deceive, making us believe that not following the path of God is the way that we should go or making us believe that the fence is greener on this side of the fence rather than this side of the fence or going down that road when we reach a fork in the road in our life, going this way is better than that way. And the way we counteract that is through prayer. It is through discernment. It is through coming to church week by week. It is talking to our friends also who have faith and discerning what is God really calling us to do. God is creator. The evil one or the devil is the tempter or the deceitful one who tries to take us off into a different path. There will be other times in which Jesus will be tempted and Jesus will be alone. And the devil was just waiting for those times, many times like he waits for us. He waits for us in our most vulnerable moments of life. Waits for us when we are alone, when we are frustrated, when we feel like we have no hope, when we feel like we have no way to go. Then at that moment, he attacks us, tempting us, and hoping that we will stray away from God rather than turning into God, feeling his love, 
and calling upon him. In this story, Jesus demonstrated that we need to have faith. Jesus obviously had faith. He was familiar with the scriptures, the lessons of the prophets, and the guiding principles of God. Each time Jesus was tempted, he countered that temptation by referring to scripture, especially the Torah. One does not live by bread alone. Do not put the Lord to test. Worship the Lord your God. All are from Deuteronomy. The devil, in another version, takes Jesus to the top of the mountain, looks over the mountain and says, Jesus, I will give you all this. This entire kingdom can be yours. All the riches of the earth can be yours. You have power, you have achievement, and people will love you if you only follow me. Jesus' response was, man does not live by bread alone. So true. He had knowledge of our faith and history because he had the word of God. These statements provide a foundation for personal discipline and direct our thoughts in a way that could bring peace, wholeness, and meaning to all of our lives. One reason that we are so blessed today is because of this gospel. And the Holy Spirit is the same with us. Each of us is filled with the Holy Spirit at our baptism, just as Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the prayer for the canons of baptism, we pray, fill them with your Holy Spirit, your life-giving Spirit. And after they are baptized and you had the same thing happen to you, at the signing of the cross, it is said when it comes on their foreheads, you are sealed by Holy, Bat by Holy Spirit in baptism and you are marked as Christ's own forever. And that is not just a one-day event. That's not just a 30-minute event. But you are marked as Christ's own forever. And the ashes put on your forehead this past Wednesday was a sign of the cross and it is a reminder not only that we are dust and to dust we shall return, but it is a reminder of our own baptism. This is how the season of Lent begins, with a victory of Jesus over temptation, the victory of Jesus over Satan, the victory of Jesus over Satan trying to deceive our Lord. The knowledge that Jesus belongs to God and to God alone keeps him for, from succumbing to any thought that he might rely on his own powers and that he knew that he would need God. He would need the disciples. He would need others in order to achieve what God would want him to do. Certainly following Jesus, certainly following God, it led Jesus all the way to the cross but also in that cross, there is new life and new triumph. So my prayer for all of you as you go through this Lenten season, whatever is going on in your life at this moment, whatever temptations there may be, however path you're going down that you just do not feel good about, 
lay those things before the altar of God this day before you leave. Ask God to come into your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you make wise choices. Continue to read Scripture. Continue to study in prayer so that you know the Lord is with you each and every day. Amen.